Gracious Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the privilege to come before your presence. Thank you for that invitation. You know, the Bible says, blessed is the man who the Lord bids to come. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said that Jesus was speaking to Peter. And Peter said, Master, if that be you, bid me come. You see, it is only at God's invitation that you and I can walk on water. And so for that reason, God has invited us here this morning. Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you that you are set to do remarkable and awesome things in our lives. Lord, oh God in heaven, we ask that in this gathering, let your presence prevail. Let the enemy's influence be nullified and let your name be glorified. Lord, even as I speak, I ask that you will speak through my lips. Pump your words in my heart that I would convey them to your people and your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. And all the time, God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Amen. Happy new month, church. We thank God for his faithfulness. Seven months is not easy. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And God deserves all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Quickly, let's open our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We are reading from verses 12 to 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from verses 12 to 16. Hallelujah. If you're there with me, say amen. And if you're not, just say wait for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay? Are we all there? Perhaps you don't have a, a Bible on your phone, which I'll be surprised, but just in case, that's the case. Amen. You know, some people say, oh, you know, I have to delete the Bible so I can create memory on your phone. I'm like, really? But again, you know, so just in case, um, it's legibly on the screen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this was Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And he says from verse 12, let's read together one to go. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed to Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient of these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but for us from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The title of my sermon this afternoon is called The Triumphant Life. Hallelujah. The Triumphant Life. The Triumphant Life. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the reality of it is that you cannot look into the triumphant life or we cannot even begin to discuss the triumphant life 
without actually reflecting on who we are as Christians. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, the reason why I say this is because, you know, many times one of the courses that I used to dread when I was in secondary school was the class of history. I felt it was boring, but as I began to grow older, I realized that history is very relevant if I'm going to make any mark in my future. And I will share, and I'll tell you why. You know, someone said that history teaches us that man learns nothing from history. Praise God. And that statement is so profound because except you and I are able to understand our nature as a people, where we are from, our cultures, our idiosyncrasies, all those things that make us who we are, perhaps we're not able to plan or to be able to forecast what the future would bring. And the reason why I say this is because all through human history, one of the ways through which people are held perpetually in bondage, hallelujah, one of the ways through which, if you notice, when you read or when you study patterns of history, one of the ways through which you keep a certain people in poverty or in captivity is to limit their access to knowledge. Praise God. Hallelujah. Check it all throughout history. Even perhaps, I'm from Nigeria, for many of us who don't know, um, in the certain part of Nigeria, the reason why it seems like this category of people are so backward is because what they have limited what knowledge to their people. And the reason is simple because the more you don't know, the more I'm able to take advantage of you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I say it again. The more you and I don't know, the more they are able to take advantage of us. I believe I've shared it here in this um church there was a friend of mine then when we came to swansea you know she was sharing her story i thought it was a joke and so she said that you know that when she it was her first time flying on the plane and so she was on the plane and we were sharing food and she came to the uk on a budget praise god okay and so when she was on the plane when the air hostess or the air hostesses were walking around asking you you know um they usually ask the question, tea or coffee or, or a chicken or beef, tea or coffee, chicken or beef, you know? And so she felt that she had to pay for it. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and perhaps some people, that was your case. Praise God. And you know, and so for that reason, she knew that she came on a budget and she said, oh no. But yes, she was dying in hunger. Praise God. Okay. It was only when she came to the UK here and she met a friend at Fulton House and they were just sharing experiences and she narrated the story to her. I said, oh, you didn't know your ticket covered all expenses on the flight. Praise the name of the Lord. And so you realize that the moment you and I are experiencing some level of captivity in any area of life with no limitations, you understand that what? You are limited in knowledge in that particular area. Why? Because if you truly possess knowledge, you'll be free. Praise the name of the Lord. That is why Jesus said that, and you shall know the truth. Praise the name of the Lord. Because the moment you access truth, you are free. Praise God. And so you understand that if you're discussing the triumphant life, in other words, the life that Jesus has purchased for you and I, you see that passage of the Bible that said that, that blessed be God, or now thanks be to God who causes us always, praise God, to triumph in Christ Jesus. 
Praise the name of the Lord. So the moment you begin to understand what it means for my life to be in God, at that point in time, you begin to realize that there are certain things that we perhaps were victims of that we're not supposed to be in the first place. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll give you a good example. You know, one of the key characteristics of poor nations, praise God, one of the things are part of why I think even... um they came up with the millionaire, the MDG goals. Praise God. Was that what? One of them was that you must what? Increase access of education. Praise God. And so you realize that a key characteristic of a poor, or should I say an impoverished people or a poor nation is that what? There is no education. Why? Is because the reason I'm saying this is because the essence of education is to provide us with the tools needed to read and comprehend information that are relevant for my progress and my advancement in life. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that what? Is for me to understand the things that I need to ensure my progress or my advancement in life. And I said that the age-long reason for captivity in any area of life has never really been on the account of the power or supremacy of the enemy, but what? On the, as a result of ignorance. In other words, ignorance has always been the reason for bondage. Praise God. Ignorance has always been the reason for bondage. You know, for many of us who went to university in Nigeria, there is something called carryover. Praise God. Hallelujah. In other words, you are stagnated on the same level. You know, no matter what you pass on other courses, until you pass that course, you are not allowed to go to the next. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you realize that for those who had perpetual carryovers, you understand that it is not that they didn't write the exam. Praise God. It was only that they didn't write enough to meet the cutoff for passing. Praise God. And so that's one of the things that the enemy always tries to use for you and I. That, okay, yes, we do that, yes, through knowledge, you and I are free. But he begins to limit the extent to which you and I avail ourselves to knowledge. Praise God. Have you found that that it's only when you want to read your Bible that your phone beeps the most? Praise God. It is when you want to listen to a sermon that already you want to say, okay, fine, I can multitask. Hallelujah. Now, the reason is because it is not that you don't have things to do. It's only that these are avenues of distraction such that you and I are able to be kept in bondage. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. The essence of my teaching this morning is just going to be brief, but the whole idea is just to give a concept of what we'll be learning all throughout this month. Praise God. Now, Hosea, God was speaking through Hosea. And Hosea said, he says, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. Praise God. Isaiah said the same thing and said, therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they did what? They have no knowledge. And it says their honorable men are famished and their multitudes dry up with thirst. Praise God. I like how the Amplified says it. It says, therefore, my people are gone into captivity to their enemies without knowing it. 
It says, because they have no knowledge of God, and their honorable men, their glory are famished, and their common people are parched with thirst. Hallelujah. That because they are in captivity, that the reason why Israel is in captivity is because they have no knowledge whatsoever. Praise the name of the Lord. So what then can knowledge do? You know, we said here that knowledge is the secret to what? Liberty. And I said that what education is to the common man, praise God, is what the Holy Spirit is to the believer. Praise God. You see, after Jesus rose from the dead, praise God, it was very strategic. After Jesus rose from the dead, the next miracle Jesus would do was to do what? Open the eyes of their understanding. Praise the name of the Lord. Because when you read, I think it was in Luke chapter 22, the Bible says that after he rose, he was walking with his disciples and they said, did not our spirit burn within us when he spoke to us? And so when they were in the room and Jesus began to open their understanding unto scripture, it was intentional because had Jesus not done that, the essence of resurrection would have been a waste. Praise God. So can you imagine for someone who is a student here, who perhaps the university has told you that sorry you have to disenroll because your school fees is not complete. And so out of God moving me and blessing me, I pay your school fees, but I don't tell you. Praise God. And so you're seated at home, you're not attending classes, but yet I've paid your fees. And so you understand when Jesus had to sit with the disciples, he remember that he began to open their eyes or their understanding unto scripture. Why? Because if I don't do this, everything that I died for would have been what? A waste of time. And so when the Holy Spirit had come, the assignment of the Holy Spirit primarily is to do what? Open our eyes to what Jesus has done for us. That is why he said, I still have many things to say to you. But he says that what? You cannot what? Bear it. How be it when the spirit of truth shall come, he will do what? Guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. And so you see that even for us as Christians, when you read your Bible, you see, one day would have a talk on how to do an effective Bible study. You see, because it's a waste of time if you don't pray before you read your Bible. The Bible said that the letter kill it, but the spirit, what, giveth life. You see, everything in scripture is designed to give you life. And so anytime you read it and you don't contact life, you have wasted your time. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is why many, many scientists would say the Bible is false. Why? Because they are only pursuing the letter. Praise God. Because no one will contact the life of God and remain the same. And so you understand that the Holy Spirit is there to open my eyes. And so whenever you take your Bible to read, no matter how brief, all you need to do is to say, Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now I'm asking, as I read this word, praise the Lord. It says what? Teach me your word. He says that what? That the word became what? Flesh. In other words, you can handle it. You can hold it. The Bible said that for we cannot help but speak of the things which our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, 
and our hands have handled concerning the word of righteousness. Praise God. That was the testimony of Peter. Hallelujah. And so you understand that the essence of scripture is to do what? Uh, allow us to contact the life of God. I think I've given that example here that when you take a metal and a magnet, the only reason why the metal would adopt the properties of the magnet is because you have been constantly rubbing the metal against the magnet. Praise God. Am I wrong, science students? Hallelujah. And so you understand that if the word of God is life, the more you rub yourself against the word of God, the more you begin to look like the word of God. That is why the Bible said that as we behold his face, like in a mirror, we are being what? Changed unto glory from glory. Now look at what captivity or ignorance can do. The Bible said that children of Israel were in captivity for 70 years. Praise God. They were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Daniel, as a person, went into captivity at the age of 15 in Babylon. And now, but he knew when prophet Jeremiah constantly was speaking about God putting the people of Israel in bondage because they disobeyed him. And so the Bible says that what Daniel began to read. Praise the name of the Lord. Daniel began to read and to understand God's idea. Remember I said that the moment you come in contact with knowledge, the result of knowledge is freedom. Hallelujah. The result of knowledge is freedom. And so for that reason, Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 2, the Bible says that in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, it says, who was made the king over the realm of the Chaldeans. It says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And so for that reason, Daniel understood that the 70th year is up. But we should have left Babylon by now. And so for that reason, Daniel began to pray. Praise God. And that was when he had the encounter where you see in the... Chapter 10, where the angel said, you know, from the day you set your heart to know this, the answer was released, but Prince of Persia withheld me for 21 days, and things like that. What am I trying to say? You see, for many of us, we don't understand that perhaps you are the Daniel in your family. Praise God. Perhaps you are the first person who gave your life to Christ. If not, you are the only Christian in your home. Praise God. But yet, your family is in perpetual what? defeat and captivity you see the essence of what the essence of you being a daniel in that home is that your job is to bring out your family out of captivity and so daniel understood by books that the train of israel ought to have left babylon because when you read it they spent 73 years instead of god's intention of 70 Praise the name of the Lord. And so for that reason, he began to pray and began to put steps in place for his people to leave captivity. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And so when you understand this, you begin to realize that there is a need that if we are going to live the triumphant life that God has called us unto, there is a need for us for our eyes to be open. Praise God. Because the reality of it is until God opens our eyes to see who we truly are, we would continually remain the same. And so when Paul came in contact with the church in Ephesians, all Paul was saying was, I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Praise the name of the Lord. And so as a step for this month, if you are going to be praying anything, is that God opened my eyes. Hallelujah. Is that what? God opened my eyes. I have stayed in this level for too long. Show me what I need to see to live where I am. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you see, the moment you understand God's mind, the moment you understand God's idea, Satan has no hold over you. Many a times we overestimate the power of the devil. Praise God. That's the truth. We overestimate, we give him too much credit. Anything that happens, we say, oh, Satan has won. But if you really realize who we truly are in God, Satan can never win. Jesus said, I saw him fall from heaven like lightning. He's a defeated foe. But the point is what do you know? Because you see, it's one thing to know in your head. It's another thing for you to know what in your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. Because your head would always process and apply logic. But what you believe with your heart is a matter of conviction. Praise the name of the Lord. And when you are convinced about something, it will take a lot to deconvince you. Praise God. And so Satan's assignment, as I begin to round up, Satan's assignment is to keep the people of God in perpetual poverty through ignorance. Many a times you see, many a times you see people who will say, Oh, for us to live a, a victorious Christian life, you must be a powerful prayer warrior. I agree. But you see, prayer without the word, praise the name of the Lord, is a waste of time. And for some people, particularly in our generation, where we believe, you know, you must understand the Greek, the Hebrew, all those things, just to show that how deep you are in scripture. And so for that reason, we focus on the word and neglect the place of prayer. That also is what? Ignorance. Praise God. Because you understand that it takes both for us to actually walk in the realities of God for our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so you understand that the, the, the call or the Christian life is a call for triumphant living. Praise God. The call of the Christian is what? The call for triumphant living. And I said that the Christian life is a life of perpetual victory. I cannot overemphasize it because if not, the scripture would not have said it. It says what? But now, thanks be to God who always, praise the name of the Lord, who always, who always. So my brother and my sister, are you challenged and you are experiencing defeat? It is not supposed to be so. Because many at times we, we focus so much on the various attacks and the challenges that we have. Not realizing that it is the design of God to give us victory. 
Praise God. Because many a times we say, oh, I am more than a conqueror. But guess what? You cannot be a conqueror without having conquests. Praise God. And so you understand that when Paul was saying, fight the good fight of faith, it's a fight. But, but thank God. Thank God that we, are, we have already won. We have already won. And this is why when you are looking at who you are, you begin to understand that I am already a winner. Praise God. All I need to do is to enforce my victory. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. All I need to do is to do what? Enforce my victory. And that's how I'll be learning all throughout this month. How then can I live the victorious Christian life? And so in conclusion, I said here that however, the call of the Christian is not a call that is void of challenges because for one to be crowned a champion, there must be a challenge or a fight. Paul was saying in the Romans chapter 8 verse 35 verse 37, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But yet in all these things, praise the name of the Lord, yet in all these things, in all these things we are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. Through him who loved us. God wants you to win. Every time you win, you give God the glory. That is why the Bible says that what? He diffuses his knowledge through us in every place. And so for every time you secure victory in any area of your life, and you come here to share a testimony, you are only validating to the unbelieving. That is why you see, I enjoy it when people say the testimonies that touch me the most are the ones that someone will say i heard somebody's testimony and i petitioned god for the same praise god because that is how god gets the credit can you imagine if anna was not barren and did not pray what example would women who are having challenges with children pray with praise god praise the name of the lord and so you understand that this is who we are as christians but until our minds begin to change as to the call of a Christian, then we would not live the life that God has called us to live. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus even said it clearly. John 16 verse 33, the amplified version, he said, I told you these things that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulations and trials, distress and frustrations. But it says, be of good cheer. Take good courage. Be confident, certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you. Praise God. And have conquered it for you. So when Paul was saying that what we are in Christ... That is all we are asking the Lord to open our eyes. Show me who I am. Praise the name of the Lord. Show me who I am in God. Because only then am I able to live the triumphant life. And someone said, great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcomes of great tests. And great triumphs can only come out of great trials. 
And so is there anybody here, perhaps you're going through a challenge and you're asking God, why me? I ask, why not you? Because you see, when you are sharing your testimony, then you remember that God found you worthy to be the one who would birth that testimony. You see, in this Christian race, perspective matters a lot. How we see things determines how God begins to deal with us. And so I don't want you to have this defeatist mindset. No. If this challenge has come my way, it has come that I would conquer it. All I'm asking is, Lord, show me how. That's when you are asking the right questions. That is when you enjoy the victory that God has called us unto. But until we begin to apply this approach and outlook to life, we will keep going in circles. But God forbid. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads even as we pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for opening our eyes, our understanding to the need for us to see things as how you see it. And therefore, Lord, O oh God in heaven, I pray that every scale in every eye, let it be destroyed in the name of Jesus. That Lord, O oh God in heaven, every mindset, every stereotypical ideas that may have etched in our minds, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus, that let your blood cleanse us, O oh God, that we begin to embrace your truth, regardless of how impossible it may seem. But Lord, giving you the giving you the opportunity to do what you would have us, you want to do in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would take charge in this month. That in this month, we will have great victories in the name of Jesus. That Lord, this month, oh God, we would have remarkable victories, oh God. That Lord, by the time we would come on the 1st of August to testify of what you have done, it's a case of I cannot tell it all for the sake of time. Blessed be your holy name, O God in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.